people are like, oh my gosh, I can sell. I do have the sales trait. Everybody has it. It's just finding the ways to get over the mountain and get out of that block stage of, I'm absolutely terrified to do it and ask for the business because that feels a little weird. But once you learn strategies and literally just put one step in front of another and start to practice, it will come naturally. Hey there, CEOs. My name is Brandi Gar, and I'm on a mission to help you, the wedding industry entrepreneur, to build a profitable business that you love. Welcome to the Wedding Pro CEO Podcast. You've heard it said that the riches are in the niches, right? But do you genuinely believe that? So often I hear wedding pros that just want to serve everyone. And I love that you want to do that. But each of us really should focus on who we serve, what type of client we serve, and who we're going to market to. In this episode, I had the pleasure to sit down and talk with Kelly Ann Peck. She's a business coach for event professionals with Emerson Rose Creative. And we had an extensive talk about understanding your niche, the do's and don'ts in creating the niche process, and the importance of focusing on your niche area. You guys, I think you are going to learn so much in this episode, and I cannot wait for you to hear it. So let's dive right in. Kelly, we need some backstory. Tell us a little bit about who you are and how you got to today. Sure. So I've been in the wedding and hospitality industry uh, since I was 19. My dad made me come and work for him and sit behind a desk <laughs> when I was 19. And I'm like, eh, I don't think I want to be doing this. He was an entrepreneur? Yeah. My dad uh, started his business a year before I was born. He makes uh, fiberglass piles for bridges. So corrosion doesn't happen on them. I spent many times at his shop and in his office and seeing him work with clients. So I think that I always had the entrepreneur gene. I just didn't know it. So I got into restaurants and absolutely loved it and then went to culinary school at Johnson and Wales and I have three degrees from there. I think if my parents were super wealthy, I'd probably have a PhD by now because I really, really <laughs> loved school. Got into operations at country clubs and at a baseball stadium and then really fell in love with the catering aspect and have planned over 400 weddings in my career and done huge corporate events. And then with events, you know, creating memories and helping nonprofits like boost their sales through impact. And then just kind of made the shift a couple of years ago during the pandemic when people were like, I think I'm going to start a business, but I don't know how to sell. Selling absolutely terrifies me and I need your help. That was like a true blessing in disguise for me. And I use my superpower to help people have sustainable businesses and grow six figures and multi six figures and all the way up to a million dollars. So um, that's kind of been my path. Wow. That's very, very cool. Okay. So the sales gene kind of came easy to you, do you feel like? Or I mean, it kind of sounds like yes. Yes. So 
you know, in thinking back, when I was in elementary school, they used to give us these boxes with all different types of things in them to sell door to door. And mm-hmm. I always wanted to get the limo ride with the principal and like have the pizza day. And I really enjoyed that. I got very excited about selling wrapping paper and whatever they were having us sell through, you know, the PTO. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think, yes, I had that gene at, you know, eight or nine. I love that. I love that. Okay. So you got into education really through helping people to learn how to do sales. Do you have to have like an it factor to be able to do it well? I think that's the stereotype that people put out into the universe. If you have your own business, you are a salesperson because Mm -hmm. if you're not booking clients, you don't have a business. (laughs) So true. So true, right? We talk about all the time, you know, you have the sales straight. If you love what you do, you love talking about your business and how you can help people and you make it completely about the potential prospect or client in front of you. People are like, oh my gosh, I can sell. I do have the sales straight. Everybody has it. It's just finding the ways to get over the mountain and get out of that block stage of... I'm absolutely terrified to do it and ask for the business because that feels a little weird. But once you learn strategies and literally just put one step in front of another and start to practice, it will come naturally. It's essentially sales is just having a conversation with a prospect to see if they're a right fit for you and you can help them, which as entrepreneurs, sometimes we're just like, yes to everyone. Instead of going, eh, I don't think that this person is the right fit for me, but I want to put money in my bank account. But at the same time, yeah, it's literally, it's a conversation. That's all it is. And when we tend to simplify it, instead of making it hard and overcomplicated, it does become easier. Yeah. I think that's so true. Just listening to you. I, I'm kind of like you. Like I love sales. I I thoroughly enjoy it. I feel like it was just something, you know, that I grabbed easily. But as you're talking about it, I'm like, yes, there really are. When you just simplify it and say, it's just a conversation. Like if you love what you do and you know you're good at it, I think that's the biggest trick, right? Is you know you're good at it. It's like a mindset play. We mess with ourselves and we're like, well, I don't know if I'm as good as the other people who've been doing it for five years, or I don't know if I'm as good as that person. And so it comes into your mindset so much. I think when you you have to know, yeah, I'm worth what I'm what I'm telling this person. Like I know I can solve their problem. It's really just getting out of your head and going, I bring all of this expertise to the table. And I think sometimes when we start businesses or we've been in business for a couple of years, we tend to forget that we bring all of the expertise, school, education, life, education, work, all of those details, you bring that to the table. You're not starting over. You're just starting a new thing mm-hmm. and you're selling a new thing. You're selling a new offer. And and that takes time, even for a veteran person who has been selling for a long time, or if you're just really starting to work that piece in your business because you have just started. Because as long as you're asking the right questions, that happens pretty naturally. So, But it takes <laughs> time and repetition. <laughs> It does. It does. And it takes, yes, you're a hundred percent right. And I know it can be nerve wracking for a lot of people. And so 
you guys really listen to what Kelly said. Like it's literally just a conversation of how you can solve their problem. Kelly, I noticed as you were talking a few times, you kind of mentioned, is this my person? You know, sometimes you just need money in your bank account, like you said, right? You're, you're in business and you need cash flow. And so you just take any clients that come your way. But today we're really talking about why we need to really focus on our niche. And so can you tell us a little bit about why that's so important to focus on our people? Yeah, niche is the hardest part. It really it is. It really truly is. People have heard this all the time. You know, the riches are in the niches and it's so incredibly true. When we want to do all the things for everyone, you can't pour your expertise and love and your skill set into the right people. You mm-hmm. also don't have the time to go out and look for those people and sell them your services and close them. So when you're first starting out in business, jiving and taking things on, and it might not be the right fit because of the fact that you're just trying to grind it out. But in the first year of business, what's really cool is you start to learn who is your couple, who is the person that you want to go after. And those are all really cool things. When you're starting out or if you have your business for a couple of years, niche changes. But at the same time, it's really diving into who you have really loved working with. Because what happens is, is we get on the phone or we're in front of someone or it's on Zoom and you're like, yes, like they're checking all the boxes, right? And you're starting to (laughs) get uber excited about, oh my gosh, I can help this person. I'm nailing all those pain points. They literally are going to sign with me immediately. Taking those examples in your career and going, this is who I want to work with. Writing down what type of couples, like, are they a foodie? Is it travel that they love? Anything along those lines, right? Like what is truly who you want to be working with inside your market? And then literally your messaging should be towards them. It, It really does help you so much when it comes to writing copy for your website or making Instagram captions. Like it all feels so overwhelming. I feel like your marketing feels overwhelming when you're literally just like, if you're engaged or considering ever maybe marrying, then I'm for you, (laughs) you know, and it it feels overwhelming (laughs) because you don't even know who you're talking to or what they like. And so it just feels like you're speaking to this vast universe. Yeah, absolutely. I talk to potential clients and clients all the time where when they come on, we're starting to talk about like, who's your ideal client? It's a question they get asked during a strategy session. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people don't know. And that's okay if you don't know. It's knowing that you don't know and doing something about it. That's where the power (laughs) comes in, right? So we really look at those things. And then Sometimes they look at me and go, Kelly, I don't even want to do that. I'm like, all right, well, then why did you just put a post out last week or it's on your website? Like, let's take that down and let's talk about who you want to be working with and figure out how you're going to go after those people and literally to have a conversation with them. It's not even talking through how you're going to close them because that comes later. It's literally how are you going to go out and find them? 
Like, where are your people hanging out? And if you know where they're hanging out, you can go network with them. You can go message Mm -hmm. them. You can write copy. You can do all of those things where they look at it and go, oh my God, they're talking about me. (laughs) I have to talk to them. Yes, Yes, exactly. (laughs) And it creates such a warm lead, right? Like we've, we've talked on the show about warm leads and it's so much easier to close warm leads that already are like, I just want to work with her, you know, or, or them. And they, they get into your consultation. It's like, I mean, 90% of the battle has already been won. You know, it's just now at this point, like a matter of, of, you know, crossing the T's and dotting the I's. And I think it's really interesting that you said, you know, sometimes you sit in a strategy session and people will say, well, I don't even want to do that. And you're like, well, then why is it on your website? And I feel like this is really true of planners. Um, I, I work with a lot of planners and it's always funny to me when they're like, I literally hate full service. I hate full service. I don't like design. I hate when somebody books it. And I'm like, well, then why do you offer it? And they're like, well, don't all planners have to offer full service? I'm like, absolutely not. If you hate it, then be like the DIY queen for those clients who want to DIY their whole flipping wedding. And you're, and you love that. Like you want to go in with your team and you just want to like set everything up and make it amazing and, and easy for them that day, then be that queen, like be that person. So I think it's freeing sometimes to realize that there are new rules. Like you said that before we started recording. I love that you said that because it's like, no, there's no rules. Literally, that's why you started a business because you get to make it up. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think what happens, because this happened to me, people start their businesses for one reason. And then the reason they started their businesses don't fill up their business love tank anymore and they freak out. Then it's like, oh my gosh, I have to shift mm-hmm. because this is what I really am meant to be doing. And they know who that person is because yeah. they've niched down and they change things. We start businesses and there's no handbook to entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we tend to look at what everybody else is doing and then it's like, oh, well, I have to do that too. No, you absolutely 100% <laughs> do not. Correct. It, it's. I mean, that's the best part. You could do it however you want to. When I started Emerson Reese Creative, I was doing corporate events and then six weeks later, the pandemic hit and I'm like, well, not going to be doing that. Oh my gosh. And you know, for me and my 10 year plan, I didn't want to be working 16 hour days on site anymore. And I'm like, this was always the plan to do coaching and teach people how to sell and all of those things. And that just ignited that. And then I had people looking at me going, well, you're just an event planner. And I'm like, um, excuse me. No, I'm not. I've, I've sold 23 million in my career. And yes, I've created these memorable moments, but I'm so much more than that. And we mm-hmm. are, we're so much more that, because we bring so much to the table. Don't let those types of conversations get in your way of wanting to embrace something new in your business, especially with niching down. It is completely freeing. And when you really let go of one thing and can focus, like laser focus on another, you have time to go out and find those bigger clients or the clients you truly want to work with. I would agree. A hundred percent. I agree with you. So Kelly, as you're talking, I'm thinking, okay, I'm kind of trying to envision the listener on the other side of this podcast, right? And they're listening while they're doing you know, something else as well. And thinking, okay, Kelly, like I get it. And this sounds 
amazing, but I'm not niched down right now. I, I'm literally, if whoever has a ring on their finger, I'm talking to. <laughs> what would you say to them? What would you say would be the first thing to think about to really start to create this niche process? The biggest thing that they need to start with is literally sitting down, turning off the computer, set a timer for 45 minutes, and literally brain dump pen to paper mm-hmm. on who they want to work with. Think about your top three all-time favorite clients you have ever worked with, the ones that brought you so much joy, the ones that you probably still have a connection with. Brain dump all of that. Just list it out. I'm a big believer in list and start to see the repetition and the wording and the people and the type of people. That's who you need to be marketing to. That's who you need to be going out and having conversations with. Yeah, I think this is so interesting. I, you know, I um, when I first started my business 15 years ago now, I swore I, – I, I don't know if niche was really a thing then. I mean, it's definitely such a much popular – more popular terminology now, right? Um, I'm sure it's always been a best practice. But I definitely did start my business just kind of like – I'll take anybody, right? And then I slowly started to realize, one, there were certain clients I liked working with and certain clients I didn't. But also, I started to draw in a certain type of client. Like, I didn't realize it for years, honestly, until someone else in my market walked into a floral shop, one of our floral designers, and they were preparing for one of our clients' mock-ups. And the other person said, oh, this must be a blush wedding you're getting ready for. And he told me when I got there and I was so upset, like really genuinely upset. I was like, I don't have a look. Like I don't have a a kind of wedding. I I plan my clients' weddings. But what I didn't realize was that we over time we were starting to, you do, you start to attract a certain type of client because you know, I liked those kind of weddings. Like I really enjoyed the timeless, classic, very romantic, very monotone weddings. And so we would post more of them and then we would get more of them. (laughs) And so for me, I never made like this thought like, okay, now I'm going to start niching down. And I I guess maybe because that was way back when, even just recently when we did our rebrand, I feel like your exact strategy you just talked about was some it was an exercise that we had to do and it was so easy for me to literally be like yep my client has this kind of career this is how old they are like i was 100% like i know who my clients are you know and it was really really freeing because i was like yes this is who we market to this is who i want to continue marketing to and so i think like you said it's like it it feels so freeing when you can know who that person is and who you're talking to and what their pain points are. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that practice is a huge one. The other thing that is because the putting, you know, the putting is in the numbers, right? Like it's one of those things where if you literally list out everybody that you've worked with, it regardless if it's in a CRM, I mean, I love a good Google color-coded spreadsheet, but what type of wedding that is, you know, was it day of, was it partial, was it full service, was it design? And then literally take that one column and alphabetize it. You're going to, the proof is right there. I, I loved the design piece. And then I was doing the rest of it. I was doing corporate. 
And with having those tools and you look at that and go, oh, I am this type of planner, a partial day of design. And then when people ask you what you do, you can tell them. I just want to make sure that, you know, I really struggled with this for sure with blush, but even with my coaching business too. I mean, I swore when I started coaching, oh, well, I just want to coach all creative entrepreneurs, any creative entrepreneur. And it's like, what in the actual heck? Like that is such a huge market. And it's taken me time to figure out, you know, when you're just speaking to anyone, then you're really speaking to no one, which is such a cliche statement, but I've proved it to be true twice now in both of my companies. <laughs> and so it's, I think a lot of times we get afraid to niche down because you think, oh, but my audience is getting too small. It's getting too small. But really, exactly like you said, Kelly, is when somebody can see a post you make or read copy on your website or see a reel, a video that you do, and they feel like you're speaking to their soul, like that's already a win for you. And so they're already a warm lead. So I really think the importance of this is it's astronomical. It's so important to niche down and to know who you're talking to in all of your marketing. And and I did this like my first year completely out on my own. I had to have my copy written twice because mm-hmm. people think when they start, it's like, I got to get my packages done. I've got to, I have to get my messaging. I have to do all these things. And it, and you don't like that's the it will waste you time and it will waste you money. You have to start with niche first. For sure. Yes. And it is scary. I mean, it's 100% scary as you start to say, this is who I'm going to speak to and I want it to be clear. And it it doesn't, I will say, it doesn't necessarily mean like we plan mostly outdoor weddings at venues with market lights and that's who we draw in, right? But that doesn't mean that we wouldn't plan a ballroom wedding necessarily. It's just not our typical aesthetic. But if the client is right and they love us and we love them and we feel like it's a great fit, it's not like, oh, well, we can only plan weddings that are outside under market lights. <laughs> it's it's just that's who we're marketing to. Yes, absolutely. When you get into the swing of things and planning these events and working with different types of couples, you figure out very quickly who you want to work with and who you don't. And who you want to work with is literally like the liquid gold of what you're messaging and how you sell to. Because you know their pain points, you know their problems, you know how to solve them. A hundred percent. Kelly, this I feel like is such a good episode with really tangible steps for people to go back and and really think about who am I marketing to, who is my ideal client, and really getting that on pen and paper. The exercise, you guys, is it's so helpful. So I highly encourage you take the 45 minutes, like Kelly said, set a timer and just go pen to paper, just brain dump who you love working with, maybe who you don't love working with, like what types of traits that you've seen that maybe isn't great for you. And just get that on paper because it will help you so much with the clarity. Kelly, where can everybody go to learn more about Emerson Reese Creative? Sure. So you can reach me on my website at emersonreesecreative.com. My handle on Instagram and Facebook is also Emerson Reese Creative. And you can reach me on LinkedIn at Kellyanne Peck. Awesome. You guys go check her out. 
learn so much more about everything that Kelly teaches to help you niche down and grow your sales because that's what it's all about ultimately, right? <laughs> and Absolutely. So, that's right. Kelly, thank you so much for being here. This was wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. This has been awesome. Hey there, wedding pro. Are you feeling overwhelmed, burned out, and wondering how you will ever pay yourself an actual salary from this business you're building? I get it. I'm a wedding pro just like you. I sat in this season of overwhelm and no pay for way too long. Now I own one of the largest planning firms in Orlando, Florida, while doing less than five weddings myself each year. And yeah, I pay myself a full-time salary too. And I'm not alone. Hundreds of other wedding pros just like you have gone from overwhelmed pro to confident CEO by using the proven strategies I teach inside the Wedding Pro CEO Accelerator. I tell Brandy all the time how grateful I am for her. Before joining with her, I thought I was successful and I was successful, but I was working 24 seven, barely making a profit. Now, over a year later working with her, it's just been life changing. We have our Monday calls. I voice text with other wedding planners all over the nation. And it's helpful just to have someone that's done what we're trying to do. And that is what the CEO Accelerator Group has helped and taught me to do. Inside the Accelerator, you get lifetime access to the six step-by-step modules that walk you through the pillars of a profitable wedding business. The financial services spreadsheet that Brandy gives you as a part of the Accelerator is worth the price of the Accelerator alone. If you need clarity on finances, your budget, if you can hire, if you can even pay the people that you have hired, go get the Accelerator because that spreadsheet gave me the knowledge and power to make the decisions to continue hiring and growing my team in the way that I want to. But what good is all of this knowledge without accountability, community, and of course, a place to ask your most burning questions? When you join the Wedding Pro CEO Accelerator, you also get six months inside our live coaching membership. It literally has changed the way I do business. It has changed the way I view things. It has changed the way that I manage things. It is totally amazing to be able to sit with CEOs that have been through what I've been through, have been through the trenches and can give me the insight as to how they got through it. It doesn't feel like, oh my gosh, I'm the only person on the planet who feels this way. No, there's tons of other CEOs that feel the same way I do. And we can talk about it, think through it, and we can learn. It is absolutely amazing. And if you're thinking about it, you should do it. The Wedding Pro CEO Accelerator is the best of a course, a membership, and a group coaching community all in one. The group has been so supportive and has really kept me sane through the busiest season I've ever seen in my career. For that, I'm really thankful. Looking forward to the next year and all the things I have to learn to grow and scale my business and super excited for the next steps. Here's the thing. You can absolutely listen to this show every single week to get nuggets that will help you scale your business. And over the course of a few years of piecing together all of that free information, you could very likely grow a successful wedding business. Or you can join the Wedding Pro CEO Accelerator today to get the proven step-by-step roadmap you need to ditch the overwhelm, build maximum profit, and step into your role as confident CEO, all in just six short months. 
2021, we did 220,000 in revenue, which I was so excited about at the time. In 2022, where we sit now, our revenue came in around 560,000. Honestly, I attribute so much of that to really being able to grow. I actually no longer take on weddings myself. I'm really able to focus and be the CEO of my company. And that's come with a lot of guidance from the Accelerator Group, all of the other incredible CEOs in that program, bouncing ideas off of each other, asking for the help and hearing from other people and what's worked and what hasn't. Just click the link in the show notes below to learn more about the Wedding Pro CEO Accelerator and let's build your profitable wedding business together.